1: Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, the 2024 edition. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Most people know what multiple sclerosis is, but I suspect most people do not know the tragic side effects of the drugs given to people who have MS. Our guest today was diagnosed with MS and in 2013 was given a drug to help her, but it caused her liver to fail four years later. And joining us from Virginia to tell her story is Tamara Netzel. Before we get into your story, Tamara, when you were given the drug for your MS, did the doctor tell you of its side effects?
2: No, I knew nothing about the side effects of these drugs. I think at that time, I was blindly, you know, I just blindly followed whatever the doctor said, you know, mm-hmm. just, okay, they're the experts, you know, and I really, you know, um, when the drug had done that, I think that that was a wake-up call for me um, as a patient to educate myself and be on top of my own health.
1: Right. Now, let's go back to the beginning. When did your MS sy- uh, symptoms start?
2: So, I had started symptoms probably back in 2011. Um and it was 2010, 2011. And um, I had so, so, so I had, wake, I had woke, woken up one morning. I um, was a school teacher. And so I woke up one morning, had two, you know, me, and my husband, and I have two kids. Uh, they had all left the house for some reason. I can't remember why, but I was the only one in the house. And um, I woke up and the entire room was spinning. And it wouldn't stop spinning. Um, I couldn't walk. I had to crawl on my hands and knees to get to the phone to to call anybody. Um, and sh- shortly thereafter, um, I lost all sight in my left eye and my right eye. I'm sorry, in my right eye. And um, you know, there was all kinds of strange symptoms going on. Uh, I went through the medical system, went to my primary, went to the emergency room first, you know, then my primary doctor. But it was just a long road. It took three years for them to diagnose me with MS, even after the symptoms.
3: When you first went to the delivery room, or delivery room, (laughs) when you first went to the delivery room, when you first went to the emergency room, uh, what did they say to you about these symptoms you were exhibiting?
2: Uh,
3: You know, they that was my first
2: experience with MS, but it, it turned out, you know, to be, I would have things like that happen to me, um, on, and I made many, uh, visits to the emergency room, but they just kind of slough it off as, well, we don't know. We just don't know. It was a lot of, we don't know. And I had, I had even, um, you know, brushed it off, um, you know, because they weren't telling me anything over, over time. And I just thought, I was just resorting to, uh, we just don't know what's happening, you know, um, until an eye doctor, um, noticed something in my eyes and he noticed that I had something that was, um, was very common to MS, which is called optic neuritis. And that was an attack on my, my optic nerve, which was the reason why I was, um, you know, I had gone, uh, temporary blind in my right eye. And that's a, that's a common thing with MS. And it took several doctors to kind of put it together and be like, okay, all right, well, we think it's MS, but what, what's um, kind of kind of uh, frustrating for the whole system, for, for the whole experience was that it wasn't enough. Those symptoms were not enough. And even though in my, you know, in my heart, I kind of had thought, okay, I do have MS. But it's just a matter of proving it. The protocol at the time, the protocol at the time for the doctors were that you have to have two relapses, you know, until they'll diagnose you. And that held me back from treatment for years, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, just because, you know, you can't get this diagnosis until you have had space and time in between relapses. Meanwhile, you know, you think about the patient. I'm suffering, you know, and I have no
3: answer whatsoever. So did they not do an MRI these numerous times that you went in? Because that would have given you a diagnosis right there.
2: Of course. So with MS, what uh, many people may not know is you get brain lesions um, on your brain, lesions on your brain. And I had <laughs> I had an MRI um I had several MRIs that showed that I had lesions on my brain. And, and it's, you know, they, they still could not diagnose because the, the rules, basically the protocol had said, yes, you can have lesions, but we need to see you actively in a relapse. Like we need to see it, you know, which is kind of cruel in a way, you know, you think Mm -hmm. um, for getting a diagnosis, because then I was not getting treatment at all either. Um, Yeah, that was, that was, very much a uh wake up call for me when then 4 years ago 4 years after that this is when my liver failed okay um, but
1: but you you were given drugs to treat your ms
2: right so eventually right. i got you know i got the diagnosis and you know i thought that was i thought that was you know the on the i was on the road to really managing my disease um and you know that was back in 2013 i was finally diagnosed and given the um the 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 ms drug uh and i was you know really working on my health i had started you know really reading up on my um disease on multiple sclerosis and i was really happy because i thought you know i was a school teacher i was i was at the prime of my life you know um teaching more than 10 years as a middle school um, teacher and I had my master's and I had my national board certification really into my career, you know, and getting my, getting a diagnosis of MS at age 43 is a shock. And I think a lot of people need to know that this is a disease you're not born with, um, that you can get into your, you know, you can be middle-aged and, and be diagnosed with this. Um, not having any clue that you had beforehand.
1: Um, You know, Tamara, I was uh, was looking up uh, on the Internet some of the side effects of MS drugs. Now, what was the drug you were taking?
2: So the first drug that they um, prescribed me was called Gelenia, with a G, Gelenia.
1: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of these drugs, uh, you know, I'm not going to pronounce them, but um, (laughs) (laughs) because, quite frankly, I can't. Uh, there's one drug here, it says a potentially fatal brain infection. That's what it can cause. Um, mm-hmm. uh, another drug says the drug may increase the risk of infections and cancer. And the next drug is therapy with this drug may increase the risk of autoimmune conditions. And then the next drug, it says side effects may include heart damage and certain blood cancers. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, Jesus, we, I mean, you've got MS, you're looking for some type of solution. These aren't solutions. These are aggravating your, uh, long-term health and causing you problems in the future, which it did to you because it caused you liver failure.
2: That's correct. Tell us about,
1: tell us about that, how, how uh, that was discovered.
2: So, As I said, um, you know, I I I really felt like I was managing it because I was finally on a therapy. Um, No, no other side effects in the for for four years. You know, I was on this drug. Um, Somebody should have been monitoring my liver at the time, which nobody was. Um, And for whatever reason, after four years, here I am. I I had been working on my nutrition. I had. I was eight months into training for my first marathon when um, suddenly I feel like I'm my whole entire body. I woke up one morning and I felt like my body from head to toe was on fire. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I had the worst sunburn from everywhere all over my body. And so here goes another emergency room visit. And that is – that is kind of the course of MS. People with MS, we make a lot of emergency visits and they really don't have a clue, but you still kind of have to go because you never really know. And when, and I think I had been at that time so over going to the emergency room, but it's a series of, okay, my husband talks to me, you got to go, you know, you got to go because this is the way you have to do, you know, you have to let them know. And I'm thankful I did because (laughs) I was ready for them to send me home like they had done, you know, dozens of times before. Oh, you know, we don't know. Go to your primary doctor, la, la, la. And but then here, uh, lo and behold, it was kind of scary because here I am. I'm at Walter. I will say I was at Walter Reed Medical Center. And if you know where that is, that's near D.C. That's where the president goes to. That's the hospital the president goes to. Mm-hmm. My husband um, is my husband retired from the military, and so at that time we were up in Alexandria, Virginia, and so our hospital to go to, you know, as a military spouse, I was I went to Walter Reed Medical Center. Um, so I go to their emergency room, and then suddenly, you know, thinking I'm going, they're going to send me home five doctors in white coats walk into my small little room and scaring the heck out of me. And I'm just like, why are you all here? And they're like, yeah, we only get a case like this. We get them, but we get them like once every five years. Um, your liver enzymes are through the roof. Mm. They, uh, when it, your liver enzymes are supposed to be around 100. Just to give you an idea. Mine were in the thousands. And um, yeah. And so they're like, we have to admit you, et cetera, et cetera. And over time, then they determined through all the tests, they did lots of tests. They determined it was the MS drug that caused this.
1: And so you stopped taking the drug?
2: Correct. So (laughs) and here's the yeah. So here's the irony of that is I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to get some help, more help now or something, or there's something more of a course to do here. The only answer is, oh, okay, that drug didn't work. What other one do you want to choose? They asked me. (laughs) Which other MS drug would you like?
3: (laughs) Did did they explain to you the options? Did they explain what the side effects with each of these and what they felt would work best for you or anything like that? Or did they just pick a number? They said, do some, look at the, all of these. They gave me some pamphlets,
2: you know. And, you know, there are some of these drugs. It, one had come out brand new, right? And it was the first infusion. Everything else had been like a shot or a pill, you know. And so it was the first infusion, Aquavis. And that was the next one that they offered me. And I was kind of excited about it because I was like, oh, it's new. It's different and this and that. But that one damaged me as well. And the subsequent one after that damaged me as well. When you say damaged, in what way? Yeah, so after my liver had failed, the aquavis had set me um, into a state of my immune system. I had, like, no immune system, it seemed. I was getting every infection. At one point, I had eight infections all at once, Um, strange infections, scalp infection, mouth infections, things that are odd, you know, and... Um, the answer, you know, I go to my doctor and I'm like, oh, this one's not working, you know, like, or if it's working, it's causing all these other things. And he's just like, well, it's the same answer. What other drug would you like to try? Let's try another one. And so I tried a third one. Um, and you know, that aquavis also, it caused, it caused nerve damage in my neck. I have a cranial nerve that my, um, eighth cranial nerve. The one that goes uh, underneath your tongue and down your neck um, has gotten damaged because of the acromis. So, over the different tests that they had done, they had determined that that had caused that. So then I went on another drug, which was called Tecfidera, and that one. <laughs> um, so those brain lesions, all this, all this time, you know, none of these drugs had they had kept me from having any more brain lesions. But then on Tecfidera, I got, another, I got two more brain lesions. And so then that drug didn't work. Um, I was at my rope's end. And then I will, I'm happy to say that I um, was brave enough to, I went to Mexico and got a, a stem cell transplant at that time. So far, I'm four years after the stem cell transplant and no new brain, brain lesions and no um, progression. Of my
1: MS, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting the ocrevus that uh, that you were telling me about. um, I just have to move the cat out of the way. The ocrevus that you were you were referring to uh, in it says here the drug may increase the risk of infections and cancer. Yes. (laughs) So you go, you go. What's going through your mind with with all of this that's happening to you, uh, you're not getting much help from the medical community. Uh, you've got MS, your liver has failed, and what was your state of mind at the time when all this was going on?
2: It it was pretty. It was, I tell you, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. But I have to say that cannabis was a lifesaver at that time. So I was introduced to cannabis after the liver, um, failure, that's what brought me to cannabis. That was the time it brought me to cannabis. And I, if I were to say cannabis made me brave, I, there's many things I would not have done in my health story if it had, if I did not have cannabis. Um, um, even that, you know, I told you I had a stem cell transplant. Mm -hmm. I would not have been able to get through that or even have the guts to to go to, to try and have that done. Uh, I just, I believe that cannabis helped me get there. Cannabis helps me every day, but it, it has helped me through so many health, you know, issues I've had.
1: Yeah. In what form, uh, are you, or were you taking cannabis?
2: Um, so at the time initially, so I was a, I was a skeptic. I was really strong skeptic. Um, Join the club. Join the club, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, a middle school student. So, he, or just you know, middle school teacher, teacher you know, of course. Um, but, you know, in, in middle school students, you know, I had to deal with them getting in trouble for it in lockers and things like that. You know, so I was exposed to it. So I kind of had a negative, you know, I had a negative thing, you know, negative opinion of it. And I, you know, never thought it was a health, you know, something that would ever help me. Never believed all the, the, um, propaganda and, Mm -hmm. you know, of course being a military wife too, that that was just nowhere in my world at
3: all. How did, how did you, how did you first get involved in this then?
2: So, yeah. So after that liver, um, failure, I was in a lot of pain that brought on a lot of, you know, um, brought on a lot more pain and, and that, and, um, I, there was a teacher's aid who knew about CBD oil at the time. I didn't even know what that meant or even what CBD was. <laughs> this is 2016, 2017, if you will, and before the Farm Bill um, and, you know, this explosion with hemp and, and cannabis. But it was back at – I had no idea what that – I just thought it was some supplement that she was giving me. She's like, like, here, you need to just try this. Or you need to, you know – so I did. After really kind of out of spite, because uh, she wouldn't let me alone <laughs> with it, she's just like, I, "I, just really feel like I need to help you," you know. Mm. Um, and I'm thankful for that because it, it made me curious. Um, I do have a great bit of uh, curiosity, you know, being a be, being an educator, and I do believe in learning, um, you know, lifelong learning. But, you know, really it really kind of uh, made me curious about it. Then I started researching and I thought and it was CBD oil. And then I was like, you know, my husband one time, he, he's, he's like, you know, I think that's, we had, we had put it together. Oh, that's, we're, that's cannabis. And that's, wait, that might be illegal. What you have, <laughs> you know, and I thought it was just a vitamin supplement or something, you know, mm-hmm. and that in, and it actually, okay. I, I, let me back up a minute. It did, I felt an effect. Um, I felt like it was working. It had done something, and that really surprised me because I really didn't think it was going to do anything. And then I kind of got defensive when my husband had said, you know, oh that might be illegal. And and then I was on a path that kind of set me on a path. Oh, well, I'm going to find some people that are working to make this this legal. Then you know, I'm that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I did. I went and um, searched, and there was a woman a mother whose child um, has epilepsy, and she was speaking in Maryland. And I, you know, here it is, you know, a couple hours away, and I was like, I'm going to this, you know. I'm going to go listen to her. I want to go talk to her. And 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 one thing led to another. Um, she asked me to join them in, in Richmond, Um to To speak about you know the, the the benefits of cannabis and and try to move the legislation uh, at that time. So at that time, CBD oil in my state was only legal for epile- epilepsy patients. So the, those mothers had worked very hard to get that. They had worked several years to get that point. Um, they did not have you know they 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 wanted to expand it to THC and to adults, mainly adults, you know, and, um, you know, and and so they they asked me to join them. I did, I started to do some speaking, just kind of told my story, and um, they were, they were, they were actually working on getting on a national TV show, Dateline, and I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, I guess, and they asked me to be on it.
3: Tamara, can I ask if you just used all CBD? Did you just use all CBD and no THC at that point? Yes. So, and, yeah. and part
2: of that was yes. So at that point, it really was just that. But I was kind of okay. So my doctor, this is interesting. Um, Walter Reed Medical Center. You know, these are all military doctors here. You know, and <laughs> my doctor, I think back on, I mean, and I just kind of chuckle because he did his very best to be to kind of pique my interest, but not reveal too much. (laughs) Um, those tests, I told you, they, they did all these tests on me when my liver failed. I looked through them. I still have the paper, but I had never seen the word cannabinoids before. They tested me for cannabinoids back then. And I was like, you know, that, and I was, that just, I always refer back to them. It's like, they tested me for cannabinoids. And then I asked my doctor, I was like, what's, what's this? What's cannabinoids? Oh, you know, you might, benefit from cannabinoid therapy, is what he says at the time. And I had no Uh idea
3: what that meant. (laughs) Tamara, often, you know, when people are listening to our shows, the information that they're really looking for is, uh, what did you take? How much did you take? How did you do it? What form did you do it in? Could you share some of that with the listeners, please? Sure. Yes. So with
2: MS, your symptoms can vary, but they're very much like First, I feel like I have to describe what we feel. A lot of the general pain that you feel is nerve pain. And um, I describe it like your, your funny, like your elbow, you know, your funny bone. If you've ever hurt, like hit your funny bone, you ever hurt, hit it really hard, you know, like knocked it on a table or whatever. That sensation, we feel that in, everywhere. Like that's the pain we feel all the time. It's a nerve-like, you know, buzzing feeling. Um, my pain is primarily in my hands and my arms. My hands, and I, I, you need your hands as a teacher a lot, you know, and, um, you know, the pain just would get to me. But the CBD oil initially that, that I started taking then um, was just under my tongue a few drops, and um, I started to feel, I started to feel that buzzing, like painful feeling that it just like a wash over my, over my hands and arms, a warm, like comfortable feeling.
1: Like your husband's arms around you.
2: Yeah, that's a good that thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was a warm, comfortable feeling, you know.
1: Now, did you, did you start to take THC at some point?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so when I asked my um, doctor about the cannabinoids and why they tested me for it, he um, then led me to, he pre- actually prescribed me Marinol at the time.
3: Some Marinol Marinol.
2: Yeah. So yeah. synthetic THC. And then I didn't, of course, I didn't know what that was when he prescribed it, but found out cause I always research, you know, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, wait a minute, you know? And the more and more I learned, I was like, I need to be getting the actual plant. That's where I had, you know, in my mind, I was like, I need to get the actual plant because I put it together. MS, MS is um, an autoimmune disease, but it affects the brain and spinal cord so much. And um, when I learned about CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors and what they affect, I had made the decision that, okay, I need all of that. I don't just need, you know, what the one, CB2 receptors affect. I do need THC mm-hmm. um, because that, that is a fact. Fe- and from what I understand, it's, you know, in the brain and spinal cord, those receptors. So I felt like at that time I was, you know, I, I'm in Virginia. It's actually Northern Virginia. And um, marijuana had been legal in DC at that time. So, I had I had sought out how to how to get medicine for myself.
1: So what uh, what do you take on a daily basis now?
2: Um, I actually consume in all like a lot a lot of the forms. Um, the most effective, I think, for me is anything edible, because with MS it's all over your body, um, and. It is the I think the edible the edibles give you that more that warm feeling that I'm looking for with that nerve pain.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, But I do supplement then with um, inhalation. I have a vape, and and occasionally also um, smoke the smoke the plant. So
1: yeah, I saw a picture of you on your Facebook page. It says I'm a blunt person. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes, the sweatshirt yes I got that in 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 New York that was yeah I'm a blunt person but I'm a blunt person
1: (laughs) yeah that's right how would you describe your MS today say compared to five ten years ago
2: uh good question um I feel like you know now the difference is I can manage it that's what I love about cannabis is that it made me, I feel like it made me brave to be an empowered patient, like to take, um, to take control of my own health, you know, and know that I can affect it. You know, and I think it's really powerful because I, I think that, um, you know, back then I felt helpless and I wanted the doctors to help me. You know, I wanted, I wanted them to help me. Nobody was going to help me, you know, like it just felt very helpless. And, 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 and I think that, you know, it's made me brave to be able to say, no, I can do things to help myself, you know, and advocate for myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Your symptoms are a lot better, I suspect.
2: Yes, they are, because I can, you know, manage them and I know what to do okay, you know. And I think the stem cell transplant helped, I mean, in a, because it stopped the progression, MS is a progressive disease and it, it, it there's no cure for it. Mm-hmm. It just keeps getting worse. And, um, I feel, you know, it is an experimental treatment, but I'm very proud of having to do that. Um, because I believe now I get, I get my MRIs, my brain MRIs every year at NIH. So Nas- national Institute of health in, um, in Bethesda, Maryland, if you're familiar with it. And, yep. and because I signed up for a, I signed up for a clinical trial. Now, when I, when I did the stem cell transplant in Mexico, that's, that's a really, you know, bold move because, you know, it, it you know, very few patients do that. It's not really accessible in the U S that's why I went to Mexico for it. But I believe that, so with a stem cell transplant, I mean, I had chemo and everything, lost my hair and everything. And the idea is that MS is that, you know, it being an autoimmune disease, the idea is that they reset your immune system. And then the stem cells, they give you back your own stem cells. So before they give you the chemo, they um, harvest, they take my own, they took my own stem cells. They preserved them and then they gave me chemo, you know, to reset my immune system. Then they gave me my back, back my own stem cells. And the idea is to reset the immune system. Hopefully, it forgets it has MS. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe that that so far, with, you know, I've been going for four years now to NIH to get the best brain MRIs that you can get um, because I really wanted to know. I didn't want to just be guessing, you know, at, I wanted the best information since I had taken this risk to get this, this treatment. And there was, there's really no doctor following me. Um, I have a cancer doctor, um, in, uh, in Virginia here that I go to once a year, um, after my stem cell transplant, but nobody in the U S was, no doctor was involved with it. So it's a lot of, you know, trying to, you know, trying to make sure, you know, all of that is on me. Um, but I believe in my heart, I believe in my heart that because there has not been any new brain lesions, my symptoms, what's great is I fi- I haven't gotten any new symptoms. Um, I, the symptoms, what's great is I, I can manage the symptoms I have. What's crazy about MS is you just keep piling on the symptoms, piling on, p- piling on, and you get frustrated because you're just like, when's it ever end? I, I, you know, I learned how to manage with this symptom. I got it. Oh, we got a new one, you know?
1: Yeah. It just and, keeps getting worse. It's, it's a snowball effect. So correct. as a result of what you've done and in taking cannabis, uh, am I correct in saying your symptoms have leveled off yes. and the pain which you were experiencing has also diminished? Is that? I,
2: I believe so. Yeah. Yes. I believe it, so.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think that's fantastic what, what you've done. I mean, you've taken, you've taken your health into your own hands, which a lot of people don't. I mean, when a, a lot of people who are diagnosed with, say, cancer or some other uh, disease which threatens their life, they, I mean, you get very, very scared and you'll do anything to kind of continue living. And uh, the conventional system, uh, a lot of people will shy away from cannabis. And, uh, but those people who have embraced it, we have found in over the 400 interviews we've done, those people who've changed uh, their diet and embraced cannabis are the ones that thrive in the future. I mean, we've interviewed over 20 people who have had brain cancer, and only one person uh, has failed to survive. And one of the fellows, I think he lives, uh, Jason Berger, I believe, lives in Missouri. He had a very, very rare form of brain cancer, and uh, he's still alive, fifteen years, sixteen years later. I mean, it's absolutely remarkable what cannabis can do. And uh, even your doctor in uh, in Walter Reed talked about the uh, endocannabinoid system and, and cannabinoids. I would suspect most doctors don't know. What the endocannabinoid system is, but I commend you for what you've done. I think it's really remarkable, and uh, you are a blunt person. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Thanks for doing this, Tamara. It's really a pleasure to talk to
3: you. Yeah, thanks, Tamara. Thank.
2: If I may, I I don't um. I I feel like I need to say that cannabis made me brave as a patient, but I speak out, um, for cannabis law, um, in my state as well. And a lot of my, and it's made me brave to be able to do that. Um, I feel like my background, um, is not, not necessarily, you know, who you might think, you know, that's, that's involved with cannabis, but I feel like I have, I can speak, you know, to my legislators, I created a a nonprofit um, that tells the stories of people who have been criminalized for marijuana. Um, It's called, Mm. it's called cruel consequences portraits of misguided law. And I'm pretty proud of being able to do that work um, because I interviewed over, you know, like 20 people who had been criminalized and their actual stories of seeking cannabis for medicine. A lot of them are medical stories but I use those stories because I got um, frustrated. You know, I, I started doing started doing advocacy in my legislature uh, and I got tired of the common story that um, they'd say if they were for or against, uh, you know, the, the guy in the street corner and they'd and be fictional stories. So that's what inspired me to do that. And I think cannabis has inspired me to, you know, do a lot of great things in my life. So
1: yeah, good for you. And if you uh, know of any people who uh, uh, want to do an interview with us, send them our way. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Thanks very much, Tamara.
2: Thank
3: you so much, Tamara. Thank you.
1: Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing an interview, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already. And we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. That helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you.